Hey, it's Joyce. Every week, I have the chance to chat with an interesting, inspiring human and to share that conversation with you. Join me as I walk and talk with entrepreneurs, adventurers, and all sorts of people who are working hard to empower women and make the world a better place. Now listen, this is not some highly polished, formally produced podcast. It's just two humans out for a walk with the chance to learn from each other. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and join us. Good morning, everyone. Joyce here welcoming you to today's Walk and Talk, where our guest is Rebecca Latham. Rebecca is the owner of the House of Color Chattanooga North Shore, where she delivers a personalized, accurate color analysis for her clients to help them discover the colors that harmonize with their natural skin tone, their hair, and their eye color. She also works with clients to find their individual style based on their personality, their body shape, and probably how they would like to present themselves to the world. So such interesting <laughs> things to talk about today, Rebecca. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you. thank you for having me. I'm super excited. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> so before we even launched uh, this live this morning, we were talking already about the power of color and how you were just saying, and I made you like hold it so we could talk about it, but <laughs> this idea that color brings attention. Can we start color our conversation does. there? Oh, sure. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of emotion and history and culture wrapped up in color. So even just wearing black, uh, black is a color. And, you know, in New York, as you said, you're a New Yorker, so that's kind of your uniform. Um, but there's some power in black. Uh, there's also a little bit of sometimes maybe even protection in black. Um, black can be a powerful color. And so, you know, the little black dress is a perfect example. We all kind of can feel a little better when we put on a little black dress. We're dressing up. We're putting on some armor. Um, but when you put on, you know, a more non-traditional color, say a red or a pink or a blue, you, you, could, you could stand out more. And so sometimes it feels like stepping out on a ledge when you decide to wear more of a true color. Um, but what I've seen with my clients is when they do start embracing their colors and wearing the colors that look best on them, what people notice is not the color. Uh, what people notice is them. And so that's what's really fascinating to see is how much they shine, their eyes, their skin tone, their hair, how much presence they have in the colors that harmonize with them, which they might not get out of a black if black isn't in their color palette. Black is totally in my color palette. <laughs> I'm just gotcha. saying. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Yes. I've had a couple of clients that have sat in my chair and said, if you tell me that black isn't my best color, I'm not going to believe this. And I said, okay, fair enough. You know, and what I always <laughs> tell people is you, of course, can wear black. We are not the color police in any way, shape or form. I want you to wear what you feel good in. And so, you know, this is just knowledge. This is kind of building you a little toolkit. Um, to know how to get dressed. But if you want to wear black, go ahead and wear black. Enjoy it. There's some power in it. So I totally get it. I've gotten to the point now where, you know, I'm so much in my own colors that if I put on black, I can really see the difference and I don't even feel like myself. But if you're, you know, it's what we're also used to seeing. You know, when we try lipsticks on people, if you don't wear lipstick and you put on a lipstick, it's going to feel like a lot. Um, but as you get used to wearing it, it becomes really comfortable. And now I have the opposite problem. If I don't have lipstick on, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on? 
It's so funny you say that because I personally, right, fair skin, dark hair, that kind of, that's sort of my overall. overall. And like uh-huh. red lipstick totally works for me, objectively. Yeah, you're Snow White. I, I'm a Snow White, but I don't feel like myself because to exactly your point, I'm just not accustomed to seeing myself that way, even though I know that that is, like it works for me objectively. It's a good, it's it's a good look. This, but yeah. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. right, exactly. It's a good look, but it doesn't feel comfortable to me. So let's take a and step some back. Of that, and, yeah. Oh, let's do that. I was going to say, some of that also could be, some of that could be your style and your, um, so a top of color, part of the style is developing what we call a clothing personality. And it's based on personality archetypes. So if you tend to be more of a reserved person, you like understated, then a red lipstick, even if it looks good, might not feel authentic to you because it might be just too loud, too bold, too bright, and you might feel better with a more nude lipstick despite your coloring because of your personality and how you want to present to the world. Yeah, Rebecca, nobody has ever called me reserved. Yeah. I, I get that too. I, I had a doctor one time tell me I had vocal cord nodules in high school, um, similar to what, you know, Julie Andrews had and had to have surgery. And the doctor, one of the doctors, he did not end up being my surgeon, told me it was my personality that was causing the injury to my vocal cords. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know that we can change that. Like, <laughs> so I get that. You, you're not exactly a wallflower. Not, not when you go into a podcasting business, for sure. <laughs> So let's take a step back because I know you have a background in finance and Uh I'm curious because I'm always interested to hear stories from women who have made a significant pivot in their professional (laughs) lives because there are so many women out there who would like to make a change, either a small pivot or a big pivot. So can you talk a little bit about that journey for you? Yeah, it's uh it's been a journey. If you if I sent you my resume, you'd be even more confused. Um so it's I have an MBA in finance, so that is my educational background. Um but when I was younger, my goal was always to work for Disney. I loved Disney. I loved making magic, creating magic, creating fun. So kind of my whole life has been around making fun experiences, finding the fun. And when I got out of college, I worked for Disney for a little bit. And then I went and got my MBA because my intent was to go back into the project management side of Disney using my finance background and mirroring that with my love for Disney and the creative process. Um, I I like to joke to be kind of a creative person in the boardroom, Um, someone that really appreciated all the, all the fun, but also knew how to, how to value it and to kind of make sense of the creative side and make it work financially. And uh, as life happens, I went to get my MBA and fell in love, and I fell in love with a man in the Navy, and we ended up moving around a lot. And so I sort of started to have just kind of piecing together my career. But what I've always found for me is that I, I'm kind of like your hype girl. Like I have, one of my gifts is enthusiasm. I can walk into a room and get so excited <laughs> about the silliest of things. And that's kind of where I tra- transition. So actually right now I'm still working part-time as a bookkeeper at my children's school, but like I have excitement and enthusiasm around paying bills. I get really excited when we get our bills paid. I'm like, you guys, we got bills paid, yay. 
And so what I, how I kind of transitioned is I had my colors done in 2015 um, when I first had my daughter. And wait, Rebecca, it was, can I stop you for a, can I stop you for a sure. second? Because I want to I want to explore something for just a moment, and then we will go back to sort of yeah. the, the evolution. But stop. Have have you always been that kind of super enthusiastic enthusiastic person? Is that something that you can tap into? Uh, or is that just something that's just so a part of you that other that other you can't kind of help other people find it? Uh, it's it's like, it like bubbles out. My mom calls me champagne. Every everything is going to bubble out of me. I cannot keep it inside. Um, whether it is happiness, sadness, excitement, it all is going to kind of bubble out. So it's really, I've always been the kid. And if we kind of really look back, I've always been like a dress up kid, a story kid. I've always loved to dress up, create stories used by imagination and I've always kind of been the ringleader of it so it was like hey guys let's go play dress up and here you put on this dress and I'll put on this dress and we'll go play this story um so it's it's really always been a part of me um you know I learn I've learned over time how to channel it which has been nice mm. and kind of when to use it and when not because sometimes it can become really overwhelming to people um and I've learned you know not everybody is going to get excited in the way that I get excited <laughs> Mine tends to be very outward, very, uh, my voice gets higher. I've got a lot of energy, but you know, my husband, when I'm asking him like, Hey, are you looking forward to this trip? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. But you know, he's like the type that's like, I'm really excited about this. And I'm the complete <laughs> opposite. So, so it's it's really funny you say that. to see that. Yeah. My yeah. husband's the same way and we have conversations and I'll say, are you, aren't you excited? And he said, this is me being excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But what's so fun is it, it, it's what's needed in the world. If, and I tell this to my daughter when we're talking about, you know, di people, differences in people. And I said, you know, Scarlett, if everyone was like us, then it would be really boring or really overwhelming. And we need that balance to make the world a beautiful place. So it's great that my husband is a little more low key than me. We joke that if we were both really excited about everything, we'd have no money, no time, and gosh knows where we would be. You know, you need that yin and that yang for balance. And it's, it's fun to find that at work too. And, and even in my studio, you know, some people walk in and they have the same energy level as me and we have a fabulous time. And then other people walk in and they're more reserved, but we still can find a way to connect and get them excited about the colors. They might not walk out and go buy everything in their colors, but my goal in my studio and for people is just to find, find where you do have that little enthusiasm, find your spark and really kind of lean into it. There's such magic in finding what you like and what you're into. Okay, so let's go back to the first time you had your colors done. And what does that yeah. mean, having your colors done? Like, what in the world does that actually mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, and when there's different, um, you know, there's different companies out there. I had my colors done with House of Color, and we are a global imaging consultant company. So I own a franchise, and I, in 2015, went to the franchise owner of the Dallas area. Um, her name's Karen Blank. She's one of what we call the matriarchs of House of Color. She was one of the first House of Color consultants in the U.S. because House of Color actually started in the U.K. So I had just had my daughter. My daughter actually came to my appointment because she was three months old and still nursing. And when you have your colors done, what, what part of the House of Color process is the first thing we're looking at is what are the group of colors that harmonize with your skin tone? 
So our skin tone is a color, and when our skin tone is harmonizing, it means that the characteristics of our skin, whether we're warm or cool as far as undertones, or bright or muted as far as shade, when we have the harmony, we're matching those characteristics to the colors we're putting on our face. Um, and so what happens when you match those characteristics is everything looks brighter, it looks fresher, there's a vividness to it. Whereas if you put, if you know, you even see this, you know, in interior design, when something clashes, generally it means the characteristics aren't the same. And it just, it doesn't, the colors just don't look as good together. Um, so as color, color analysis, we do, we find the best group of colors on you. And my best group of colors is, I look best in cool tones. So those are colors that have a blue base to them. And I also look best in muted tones. So colors that are a little bit softer. They might seem like if you take, let's say, a fuchsia, which is a really saturated pink, and mix it with like a white or a cream, that's going to soften it. And that color will harmonize better than my better on my skin tone than a fuchsia. A fuchsia on my skin tone is going to look really, really harsh and even kind of make it that you're going to notice the fuchsia color before you see me. But in my, my colors that harmonize, what you're going to see first, I have uh, really bright blue eyes. You're going to see my bright blue eyes first in the, in the colors that work best with my skin tone. So you first find your group of colors. And then where I love the house of color process and what's made it a little different is then we're going to look at um, makeup because makeup is, makeup is obviously made up of colors and you put that directly on your face. And so anything you apply on or near your face, is gonna give you that really big impact as far as color harmony. So House of Colors developed what we call the 90 second makeup routine. And the reason it's only 90 seconds and it's low maintenance but high impact because their makeup is designed within groups of colors. So when I put on a blush that's in what we call my season, it's going to harmonize with my skin tone. It's gonna to look amazing. The opposite is if you've ever put on a blush and it either looks like paint or it looks like you had raided your grandmother's uh, makeup closet, it probably means it's not harmonizing with your skin tone. And so we do the 90 second makeup routine. And for me as a new mom, that was so impactful because at the po that point in time, you have no time. Um, you're just glad to even be dressed out of uh, not in your pajamas. And so 90 seconds, knowing that I could put it on, that it would look good and that it was quick was a lifesaver. And then the third part of the analysis is we go back through all the colors within what we call your season and look at all the colors. There's 36 colors within each season. And those are just representative colors. You're not just gonna wear 36 colors the rest of your life. But what's fun is we go through and we rate them. So there might be some colors within my season that they have a greater impact when they're on a smaller scale. So one of those colors for me, the house of color name is Primrose, but you could think of it as like a light yellow. And if I wear a light yellow t-shirt, it looks okay. But where I see a lot of impact is if I were to make that light yellow smaller and do it as like an earring or a headband, it looks really elevated and really interesting. And so when you do ratings, it's just kind of a fun thing to see what colors really love me back. So one of my, one of my we call those double star 100 colors. Um, mine is powder blue. So when I put on powder blue, it, there's just something about it. It's like the je ne sais quoi, but if I put on powder blue, my skin looks like I have makeup on, my eyes look really bright. And so those double star 100 colors are great for times um, for investment pieces, or when you think about times you don't have makeup on, it's kind of a magic trick. So my bathrobe is in my double star 100 color. And when I put it on in the morning, like even fresh out of the shower, I'm like, oh, I feel, I look pretty good to myself. 
So that's, that's, there's a very long-winded way to describe an appointment. <laughs> right. So, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cut you off, but, um, that's, that's interesting that that's sort of the process that you go through in your business. But for people who don't, don't have access or don't, can we talk a little bit more generally about how people sure. can, on a sort of a more personal level, try to think about color and, identify the colors that work for them? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, one thing is just to play in your closet. I, I, that, that'd be the first thing I said, I would say. And the other thing is um, lighting can make a really big impact. Um, so I'm sure many of us, we've gone from, you know, we'll be outside and then we go into an office setting and fluorescent lights and it's like, oh my, oh gosh, what hap what is wrong? Like, why do I look so yellow? What's going on? So if you're going to kind of look and try to explore what colors look good on you, I'd recommend trying to do it in natural light. Um, that's going to give you kind of the purest light form and give, make the colors appear um, in their true form. Daylight's the best lighting we have. So I and would what you, definitely what you, make, like, what are you looking for? You know what I mean? Um, you're kind of an elevation. And it's it's kind of hard to describe. And what's really funny, I have a background in music as well. So for me, a, a lot of the times during appointment, I will hear the harmony before I see it on a person, which that's just a weird thing for me. But what you're looking for is really like some brightness in your eyes. You're looking for your skin tone and to see what your skin tone does. Um, and the reason the House of Color analysis process is so accurate is we use precision dyed drapes. So when I pick up a drape, I know exactly the characteristics of it. So then when I go out into the world, I know what characteristics I'm looking for in colors. Um, but what I would say is you want to kind of just look at your eyes, look at your skin tone, and just see, see what you like better. Um, and you can play around in shades of color. So if you think about red, um, there are blue-based reds, so reds that look more towards like a cherry or a ruby color. And then there's more orange-based reds, which would look more, I'm trying to think of like a flower, uh, more towards like a tulip color. It's kind of, it, you've, it's a yellow-based red, so it's a little bit more orangey. So that might be a fun part to start out is look at the difference between some different reds and see which one you like better. Um, you know, you're going to get the most information if you can find a house of color person near you and do an in-person color analysis. But that's kind of a good way to start is just really noticing what you like um, and what you, what you think looks best on you. Cream and white are a great other color combination to do. Um, for me, even before I did my color analysis and knew with 100% certainty, cream did not love me back. My mom and I already kind of knew. She had an ivory wedding dress. And so I tried on her wedding dress when I was getting married and turned positively green. It just, it just did not look great on me. And we got a good laugh out of it. But from then on, I kind of knew ivory was not going to be one of my best colors, that I really wanted to lean more towards white. So kind of just comparing in your closet and just kind of seeing what you notice is, is the best way to do it, unless you have, you know, the precision dye drapes that can give you the exact definition of, yes, this color, the one I'm holding in my hand, is cool and it's bright. But there's 250 uh, House of Color franchise owners, so there might be, um, we're kind of starting to really get in different areas, so there might be someone near you um, that you could go see if you wanted more information and really more definite answers. So uh, 
I, let's uh, let's change gears for a minute because I know uh, you had alluded to uh, the fact that your husband is or was in the military and uh, that yeah. caused a lot of moving. Uh, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know military families tend to move a lot. Can you share a little bit about what that's like to reinvent yourself, kind of time and time oh. again, and forge new relationships and make new friendships and all the things? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For someone that has to move a lot, you get you get really good at it. Um, I think what's what's fun in a move and what can be really exciting is it's a chance to kind of give yourself a pause and reflect reflect on what you like and don't like. And so, mm. as, as silly as it sounds, you know, when we are stuck in one place for a while, we might not really do any kind of examining. Like, do I like living in a neighborhood or would I rather live in a city? What stores do I like to be by? What activities do I like to be by? So every time we would move, um, one of the things my husband and I would do is kind of do a Google search on certain businesses we like to be next to, parks. Um, for me, it's not to sound basic, but like I always wanted to try to be by a Target or a Chick-fil-A. And if I knew I was close to those, they'd generally find my people. Um, but look and see what you like. And it's a great time to examine, you know, yourself as well. What do I like that I'm doing? What do I like that I that I want to do? What do I not like? I think sometimes, you know, if you can't find the answer of what I like, maybe sometimes it's looking at what I don't like. Um, so for us, when we made this move to Chattanooga, we know we knew that we wanted to be not too far out in the country. We wanted access to city things, but we didn't necessarily want to live in a downtown urban environment. And so that kind of sometimes knowing what you don't want can lead you towards what you want. Um, but I think to me, that's the big step is taking the time when you're in the middle of a move, it can just be so overwhelming, but taking the time to try to figure out what you want, what you like, what you don't like, and using it as a little, it's, it's kind of like a cheat almost, you know, you get to jump ahead and, develop yourself a little bit without having to do it slowly. And I, I've, I've loved it for me. It's, I've got friends all over the country. So that's, to me, that's really, really fun. Um, it, I've, I've actually lived in all four corners of the country. I've lived in LA, I've lived in Portland, I've lived in Rhode Island, and then I've lived in Florida. Um, so at some point it's like, if I want to go on any vacation, I've got a good sampling of, of friends to go see. But it's, and it's also, you know, figure out what you like and then just being open. I mean, I believe all of our moves had a purpose. They've all developed me in a certain way. And, you know, if I have an open mindset about where, where I move somewhere, it generally becomes a better experience. Um, even if, you know, when we, before we moved to Chattanooga, we moved to Augusta, Georgia. And I didn't really want to go. I, I grew up in Atlanta. And uh, Augusta, despite that great week in April, does not always have the best reputation to Atlantans. So you go to Augusta for master's week and then you kind of leave. But I had to give myself an attitude adjustment and be like, you know what, Rebecca, you'll probably find something you like. You know, let's let's see what you like. And turns out I absolutely adored Augusta. And if I hadn't kept an open mind and said, well, let's just see what we find, I, I don't know that I would have had the same experience. But it's that openness and that kind of self-discovery that can really help you in those transition periods. And did that, was there a moment at which you sort of sat yourself down and had that conversation 
Like, okay, this move is happening. My knee jerk is I'm not excited about it, but okay, I'm going to sit down and, or was it more gradual and natural? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. No, it's a great question. I would love to say I have the wisdom to coach myself like that. um, But most of the time I need an outside source. Uh, This was my, my dad is the one that kind of sat me down and was like, you know what, this is what's happening. This is your option in life that you have right now. So he, uh, we were living with him at the time and he was like, I want you to go to Augusta this weekend and you need to find something you're going to like there and realize that's where you're going and, you know, get, get an open mind. And so I, 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 I feel like the universe gives me so many opportunities to learn uh, with this kind of stuff. So that was what I really took from that Augusta move with that open mindedness and that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen when you move somewhere. And I've, I found one of the best friends of my life, one of my soul sisters in Augusta. And, you know, I, I would, she was my walking buddy, funny enough. So we would, we would walk every morning and similar to this podcast, just talk about life and our journeys and where we want to go and our hopes and dreams. And had I not opened my mind to Augusta, I would have missed that opportunity. And that would have just been such a hole in my life. And that raises another question that comes up really often in this community. And uh, you must be an expert at making friends, right? Because you have this super <laughs> oh, outgoing personality. So you've much moved practice. a ton. And you, yeah. honestly, it, you've had a lot of yeah. practice. So yes. give me, if you could, a couple of tactical pieces of advice for making friends. Oh, good. Oh, good question. Um, the first thing, and as adults, I think it's, I think it is very challenging to make adult friends. Um, yeah. That that would just be the first thing. So people that are struggling to make friends, oh my gosh, I, I hear you, I feel you. And sometimes I feel there, I, I feel in that spot so much and so deeply. Um, you know, it's a cheat when you have school around and you have to make friends because you're with them. But as adults, especially now with COVID and, and working from home a lot more, it can be very isolating. So the first thing I would say, kind of step one, and this is what I force myself to do a little bit, even as an extrovert, force myself to do, is to put yourself out there. And that can be really scary, but that's also where you can find people. So as for example, in, um, in Augusta, when I first moved there, we lived in a neighborhood and we had a pool in our neighborhood and I had, my daughter was three at the time. And so I was looking for friends for us because it's, it, it can be hard to go to the pool with your young child because you end up just like making sure, like, it's not really fun for you. You're just basically like keeping them from drowning and just getting right. splashed the whole time. You're just like, okay, just is that, that. Is that so we pretty were, much what having a toddler is just trying to keep them alive. Yes, that's a, time. Yeah, yeah. Just try to keep them alive. Yeah, exactly. Try to keep them alive while you're getting covered in whatever they're holding in their hands, whether it's food or water or who knows what. But I, um, I was like, okay, I want to, I want to find a friend. I, w- I want someone to go with, cause this would be more fun if I'm going to get splashed in the face, be at least talking to another adult about it. And so I posted on next door. And just said, hey, I moved to the neighborhood. I've got a three-year-old. And Miranda, she won't mind that I'm saying her name. She, that's my best friend from Augusta that I met in Augusta, who turned out to be my soul sister. She actually responded to it. And what's amazing is she's a huge introvert. And she, now that we're, you know, she said, she'll say herself, she's like, I would, I don't know what possessed me to respond to that <laughs> posting. I, that is so out of character for me, but I did. So because we both put ourselves out there, 
we made, a, you know, over time, we found our, our best soul sister. I mean, I consider her my sister from another mister. Like, she is one of my rocks in my life. So you've got to put yourself out there. And sometimes it'll work, and you'll hit a Miranda, and you'll be super excited. Sometimes it won't. But that's just information of like, okay, well, these might not be my people, or maybe I need to go a couple more times. Um, I found, you know, organizations, service organizations are a great thing to join. So I was a member of the Junior League for quite some time. And that was great with moving because there's Junior Leagues all over the place. Um, when you land, you can transfer between leagues. And so that kind of gave me a group of at least a starting point to find friends. Um, MOPS, which is Mothers of Preschoolers, is a great one. Getting involved, even in your kids' schools and the PTOs. I've made some really great friends, you know, through my daughter did the musical at her school, and I made some great friends there. You know, trying to find common interests. Think of, again, it's kind of think of what you like, and then putting yourself out there in those categories. So if you, your kids are in baseball, strike up a conversation with the person you're sitting next to. You never know. They could end up being your best friend or they could not. But either way, you just got some practice of talking to people. Um, it, it can be scary. It can be really scary to just say hi to a stranger. But they might be looking for that, too, and looking for someone to make the first step. Well, Rebecca, thank you for joining us today. Good luck on your oh, journey. Good luck on your color journey. Are you in Chattanooga oh, to stay or are, you, uh, are there more moves in your future? Oh, oh my goodness. Well, the, the hope is we are going to stay. So my husband, he went from the military to the paper industry, which moves just as much as the military turns out. And now he is working for TVA, which is a power utility company. So our hope and goal is to stay. But again, the universe likes to give me practice. So who knows where we'll, where we'll end up. Well, wherever you end up, I'm sure you will crush it. So thank you again for oh, sharing you. your your wisdom and your experiences with us this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I hope you embrace some color. Try try out a color and see what you think. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, I promise I will at least add <laughs> a, one just, color to my repertoire. One color. Just try gray. That's you know that's not too crazy. That's not too wild. I, I actually am a big fan of kind of a light powder blue. So I do have oh, one color look at you. in my world. There you go. Yep. There, you all proud? right. Oh, well, that's good enough. <laughs> I'm so proud. You're, you're, you're taking the initiative. You're, take, you're putting yourself out there. So that's great. Thanks, Rebecca. Thank you for joining us for today's Walk and Talk. Catch new episodes featuring inspiring guests every week in the 99 Walks app and all the places podcasts live. Until then, I wish you happy trails.